Hola, comadres. Uh, welcome to another episode of the La Comadre Network blog. Today, we are going to be discussing the um, second part of our special education series. And today, we're going to be discussing uh, individualized education plans and 504 plans. And let me just explain what that means. Once your child has been evaluated, um, there will be a sit-down between the evaluator, the school um, principals, teachers, staff, um, and yourself. And everyone comes to this meeting um, to discuss what the proposed plan of action is for whatever disability or whatever impediment the child is facing. So there are two things that can come from this meeting. And one of the things that is most likely to happen, especially if your student is found to have a, a legitimate learning disability, uh, then in that case, the team will come up with a blueprint or a plan um, for your student. And it would include services that would be made available to the student. These services will not cost you or your family anything. Um, and all of the services and accommodations that will be offered and provided to your student will all be drawn up and put together in a several page plan um, with goals, regular regular goals to be met and um, follow up at least every every at least every year at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year um, to see how those plans were carried out and how and if the goals and objectives of the plan were met and if the child is succeeding, what needs to be um, changed, maybe <clears throat> modified even further. And so the, these conversations are ongoing and the team, which will now consist of the parent, uh, teacher, special edu education teacher or provider, the school psychologist and a representative from the district, most likely a vice principal or a principal, will be the IEP team for the student throughout the length of the time that the student is on an individualized education plan, otherwise known as an IEP. Now, the IEP is authorized by the IDEA, um, so the law that applies to IEPs is the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, which is a federal law that um, delineates and specifies what special education law is and for, for children with disabilities and what those disabilities are. <clears throat> so it can be a fairly um, cumbersome process. Sometimes it takes a while to get the results, takes a while to get, bring everyone together. And um, it can it can be daunting if you're not very familiar with how to do things and how to navigate in our school system, it can be very intimidating. And so a lot of times people will 
hire or seek out some kind of advocate or help to to be able to sit at the table and and understand and have your um, rights and your students' rights protected and make sure that the student gets what they need to be getting from the IEP team. Um, in, in unfortunately, too many cases, a school district might try to do the bare minimum and um, because it's expensive for the school district and for, since it's a federal federally funded program, they don't always get the full funding for it. And so special education has been a source of contention because of the funding mechanism. Um, but that's still no reason for your school to cut corners or to try to avoid making sure that your child has the best possible IEP plan in place. Um, so just as an example as what kind of um, disabilities are are met with the education um, IEP, um, it would be something like um, inattentiveness or speech impediments or... Um, now, a language barrier is not something that will make you eligible to IEP. There are programs, and at some point, I will have a podcast about um, English learners. Um, but this is not this is this would not be considered a a disability. However, many English learners do also suffer from learning disabilities, and that is definitely something that we need to discuss because that is a, a multi-level um, issue that needs to be addressed and not enough of our English learners are really getting the help that they need because they're English learners and uh, you just sort of, uh, in many cases, teachers and, and staff will just think uh, it's because this child has um, an English learner uh, issue. It's not as it's not a learning disability, but absolutely, these children too have known learning disabilities. Um, let's say, for example, like in the case of my son, um, he suffers from ADHD, attention hyper um, deficit disorder. So it's and and ADHD and ADD is definitely a spectrum, and so each child is different. Um, but that is one of the things that would make your child eligible. Um, also an unspecified learning disability, uh, auditory problems. Um, there are several physiological and, and actually physical things that can cause um, a, an IEP to occur. Now, on the other hand, the Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 is also a federal law that is put into place to protect students from discrimination over their disabilities. And in the case of the 504 plan, you're going to have a little different type of, of issue here because it doesn't necessarily include um, disabilities for learning and as much as it's um, things that are more external in some cases. For example, um, if a student struggles with anxiety, for example, uh, that would be something that would 
probably be put, the student would probably be put on a 504 plan because there would have to be a meeting and some kind of a decision about what kind of services and how the learning environment should look in able for the student to be able to continue to participate in um, a class alongside their peers. And so something like anxiety, the teacher would have to know what is the plan of action when anxiety starts to build up in a student and what is the protocol that we take when that happens. And in some cases, um, when this starts to happen, you would simply take the child outside and give a breather of a couple of minutes, um, um, help the child breathe, or perhaps you would, that would be the time to say, okay, um, you know, we need to send you to the front desk where, you know, you could sit in the nurse's office until you can um, retain your composure. So there are different things that you can do. Um, or, for example, if it's a student that needs to have a, um, maybe an asthma. Um, you can do a 504 for a student that needs to to take medication at a certain time of day. Um, that's just the school realizing that this student has an issue that needs to be addressed in a certain way. And um, the 504 plan does that. Um, one of the other things that the 504 plan is is more minimal in in how you approach it is for example um if a child has a hard time hearing or 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 paying attention um you can ask that the child be seated um strategically so that the teacher always has eyes and ears on the student um if a student has only issues where they have um, testing difficulty for whatever reason. A lot of people do have a lot of stress and anxiety around testing. That's true for children as well. And so providing some extended time, um, providing maybe having the test read to the student, um, splitting a test up in two. These are all type of 504 plans um, that your child can, can get if they have those kinds of issues. Um, uh, reducing homework, um, modifying textbooks, providing the right kind of audio and video material. Um, in, in many cases, a 504 plan will often be for a child who has some, man some behavior management issues. And so um, if it's a child that is going to explode very easily, um, there is a de-escalation method that would be put into a 504 action plan. So these are the kinds of things that a 504 plan will do versus the individualized education plan, which is completely and solely a blueprint for education and how to um, make sure that the child can achieve at, um, in, in a general setting um, with these accommodations and modifications. So they are two very different things, and it's very important to, to know going in what it is that you want to ask for or what you expect to get from your um, school site. 
Um, I will tell you that I do have a granddaughter who suffers from um, uh, bipolarism and um, ADD and ODD. So she's, you know, got all the acronyms. Um, so did, but, but what we had to do with her was put her on a 504 plan where she wasn't in an actual classroom the whole day. It was kind of like a hybrid where she was in a special ed classroom for part of the day and then the rest of the day was in a classroom because the mornings seemed to be particularly difficult for her um, to be able to get settled and to really um, be functional in the classroom. So um, that's a type of 504 um, situation where where you can really you know make a difference and and have the child be more successful and experience some success because when when a child does not experience success in the classroom they start to feel like they don't want to be in school um it becomes difficult for for a child to want to go to school and so all they see themselves as a failure, their self-esteem starts to decrease. And so we can provide these things so that that doesn't happen. You want to give kids every opportunity to succeed where they can and at their level and, and at what their pace is. And the more success that they have, the more their self-esteem will grow and the more they'll feel a more positive um, feeling toward education in general. So it's very important to make sure that our kids get diagnosed and to make sure that our kids are identified correctly and put on a good plan of action for their individual educational futures. So I hope that this helps and I will be coming back and talking about additional issues with um, special ed um, and other categories of, of learners. So, um, but for now, I hope this was helpful. Again, if there's any questions or if you have a topic that you would like us to discuss on the Lakomada Network, please feel free to comment and let us know what you think. Until the next time, everybody be safe.